This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today we shall join a very much worried Clark Kent and Perry White. For Lois Lane has been accused of murder. Discovering the almost uncanny resemblance between Lois Lane and Dixie Lamar, member of a crooked confidence ring and wanted for the murder of a federal agent, Dr. Bly, a cunning leader of the ring, evolved a plan whereby Lois could be made to face the murder charge in place of Dixie. Drugged and dressed in Dixie's clothes, Lois was left at the Red Devil Cafe, a notorious dive. There, the police, tipped off by Dr. Bly, found her and arrested her. As we continue now, Clark Kent and Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet, are at the city jail, waiting in the warden's office for Inspector Henderson. White is almost beside himself with rage. Listen. I'll tell you, Kent, this is an outrage. I'll sue the city for a hundred million dollars. Now, wait a minute. I'll get the mayor impeached. I'll have Henderson kicked out on his ear. You can't. I'll that... spread this across the front page of the planet, and I'll buy space Jeez. in all the competing papers to tell the people of the city. Now, look, what a stupid, you... adult-painted, free-frame, half-baked police department we have. Now, wait a minute. I'll take... Wait a minute. In a minute, you won't be able to do any of those things. Why not? Who's going to stop me? If you don't calm down, you'll have a heart attack. Then what? It'll serve right. What am I saying? Well, that's it. Gotta be careful. We can't lose our heads. We've got to know what we're saying. Oh, just wait till Henderson shows up. Yes, you wait. I'll know what I'm saying, and I'm going to say plenty. Is he still with Lois? Yes, and the district attorney. Another pumpkin-headed nincompoop. What did uh, Henderson tell you? He didn't tell me anything. I haven't seen the fat fool yet. All I know is what came over the teletype. And when Beanie brought it into my office, you could have feathered me with a floor. I mean, floored me with a feather. What did it say? Uh, what did it say? Yes. That Lois was arrested three hours ago. And you know where? Where? The Red Devil Cafe. What? One of the lowest dives in the city. Does that make sense to you? No, it doesn't. Well, it makes sense to these half-witted policemen I pay good taxes to support. The Red Devil Cafe. Not only that, but they claim she was drunk. Drunk? Oh, I don't believe it. Oh, you don't believe it. No. And who are you? Do you wear brass buttons and a blue coat and a hat with a lot of gold spinach on it? And do you lead the parade down Main Street on the 4th of July? No, but what's Is that... your name Inspector Henderson? And do you get $15,000 a year to solve crimes? No, Then but... who are you not to believe it? Oh, I see. You're being sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic? Huh? Perish the thought. Oh, this is no time for comedy, Chief. Comedy? 
What about the murder charge? What's the story on that? It isn't a story. It's a pipe dream. They say Lois was leading a double life. Huh? Half the time she was a respectable newspaper reporter, and the other half she was Dixie Lamar, oh. a confidence woman wanted for the murder of a federal agent. What? <laughs> I thought this was no time for comedy. Well, I can't help it, Chief. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And you won't find the rest so funny. Why? What do you mean? Three reliable witnesses have already identified Lois as the girl who shot the federal agent in the lobby of the Burton Arms Hotel. You're kidding. Well, that's what the teletype said. And not only that, when the police picked Lois up tonight at the Red Devil, she was wearing the same clothes that this this Dixie Lamar wore when she killed the agent. A red dress, imitation pearls, and a mink coat. Well, Lois never owned a mink coat. Oh, it, it's all a mistake. A mistake? Yes. Huh. You call it a mistake. I call it gross miscarriage of justice. Where is that Henderson? Open the door! Take it easy. How long do you think we're going to remain locked up in here? Now, wait. Open the light hat! That won't get you anywhere, Chief. Don't tell me what it'll get me or what it won't get me. Well, it... Open the door! What's that? The phone. Oh, I'll take it. Hello? Who? Oh, you want Inspector Henderson, do you? Well, Mr. So do I. And if you see him before I do, you tell him that Perry White says he's an empty-headed flatfoot. Chief, be careful. You don't yes, I said flatfoot. F-L-A-T foot. Goodbye. He wants Inspector Henderson. I've been waiting two and a half hours, and he wants it. Eddie, Chief. Oh, Kent, I'm warning hold it, hold you it, unless... Someone's unlocking the door. I'm sorry to kept you gentlemen waiting. You'll be sorrier before I'm through. I suggest that you take it easy, Mr. White. Yeah, that's the trouble. That's exactly the trouble. What's the trouble? Everyone telling me to take it easy. Everyone telling me to watch my blood pressure. Now, look here, Henderson. Unless Lois Lane is released from that cell within 20 minutes, I'll... I'll... You'll what? I'll... I'll go to the mayor. That won't help you, Mr. White. We think we have an open and shut case here. We're proceeding along that line. What do you mean, open and shut, Inspector? I can't tell you, Kent. Not until the D.A. prepares his report to the grand jury. Oh, you can't, eh? Chief, please. Now, look, Inspector, we... Well, we, we've cooperated with the police department on any number of occasions. That's true, Kent, and but... the least you can do is tell us what you think you've got against Lois. Well, all right. But I warn you, it's going to be hard to take. Sit down. Pulling chairs up to the desk, Clark Kent and Perry White anxiously await Henderson's story of the murder charge pending against Lois Lane. How far has the wily Dr. Bly gone to involve Lois? We'll know in a moment when we return to the warden's office at the city prison. But first, here again is your announcer. Next time it's too rainy for you to be out of doors, here's an idea for what to do. Get out your collection of insignia and warplane buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet and see how close you are to having all the buttons in both the first and the second series. Why, you'll probably make up your mind to eat more of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal so you can get more prizes. Then, you might see how many of those insignia you can identify, like Marine Bombing Squadron 433, for example. You can remember that by the red dragon with two tails, riding a bomb, and firing a machine gun. By the time you get through, you'll be mighty proud of your collection, believe me. Because, you see, these buttons really are smart-looking. The colors are clear and bright and sharp, and they're made of metal, so they'll last indefinitely. Now... If anyone should ask you how you got those swell buttons, tell them it's easy. You don't send in a single penny. No, sir, not even a box stop. And you don't buy them. You just ask Mom to get a package or two of Kellogg's Pep. Then look inside for your exciting prize. There's a button in every package of P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Inspector Henderson has consented to tell Clark Kent and Perry White the nature of the evidence against Lois Lane. Evidence that points to Lois as a murderess. 
Anxiously, Kent and the gray-haired editor lean forward in their chairs as Henderson begins his recital. Well, in the first place, gentlemen, three completely reliable witnesses have identified Miss Lane as the girl who shot and killed the federal agent in the Burton Arms Hotel lobby. Who are they? The desk clerk, an elevator operator, and a permanent guest at a hotel. A well-known metropolis businessman. Rubbish. Now, wait a minute. Let him finish, Chief. Thank you, Kent. In the second place, the murder gun was found less than an hour ago, and it bore Miss Lane's fingerprints. What? Where was it found? In a bureau drawer in Miss Lane's apartment. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. No? Let me ask you a question, Mr. White. How much did Miss Lane earn as a reporter on the Daily Planet? That's none of your business. I'm afraid I'm going to have to make it my business. Well, Mr. White? Ninety dollars a week. And a bonus at Christmas. How large a bonus? Thousand dollars. Did she have any other source of income? How should I know? I... I don't think so, Inspector. Then perhaps you can explain how Miss Lane happened to be wearing a $3,000 mink coat and... Sure. Why not? Now, wait a minute. And how, earning $90 a week, she managed to save $60,000, which we located in a safe deposit box registered under the name Dixie Lamar. How do you know it was her safe deposit box? We found the key to it in her apartment. Kent. Kent, what is this? I told you it... It was going to be hard to take. Well, we haven't taken it yet, Inspector. Not by a long shot. Do you want the clincher? Now, before you tell us anything else, what's the connection between Lois Lane and, and this Dixie Lamar? They're one and the same person. Miss Lane evidently led a double life. Oh. As Dixie Lamar, she was a member of the Bly Gang. The what? The Bly Gang. Fake oil stock peddlers and confidence men. Lois Lane? Are you crazy? Inspector, you don't really believe that Miss Lane was mixed up with a gang of confidence men? In this police business, Kent... You believe only what you see and no more. But look, isn't it logical to assume that, well, if she really had $60,000 and could afford mink coats, she wouldn't be working eight hours a day at the Daily Planet for $90 a week. Oh, that was a front, a blind. If anyone's blind, you are, Henderson. Lois Lane never stole a penny in her life. Lois Lane never led a double life. Lois Lane is Lois Lane. And that's all. How come, then, we found telegrams in her apartment addressed to Dixie Lamar? telegrams from Ace Scarlatti, one of the most notorious gangsters in Chicago. A man wanted for five murders and a dozen criminal code violations. Where is this Scarlatti? I'll bring him here and let Lois face him. We'd like to do that, Kent, but unfortunately it's too late. Huh? What do you mean, too late? Scarlatti was shot and killed in a gang fight three weeks ago. What? Oh, that's bad. Kent, Kent, is this a bad dream? Am am I hearing these things or am I uh, imagining? I'm afraid you're hearing them, Chief. No. No, it's a nightmare, that's all it is. I... I'll wake up in a great cold sweat and, and it'll be all over. Things like this can't happen. They, they just can't. What's the next step, Inspector? The evidence will be presented to the grand jury tomorrow. Hmm? Then? There's no question about getting an indictment. I see. And after that? She'll stand trial. Oh, good heavens. And frankly, if you want my opinion, on the basis of the case we've already developed, Miss Lane will go to the chair for murder. Stunned almost beyond belief, speechless in the face of Henderson's final statement, Clark Kent and Perry White stare in open-mouthed amazement at the police inspector. Again and again, the horrible phrase runs through their dazed minds. Miss Lane will go to the chair or murder. But slowly, the realization dawns that Henderson is real, that what they have heard is real. And no matter what the explanation, Lois is caught in a deadly web from which there seems to be no possible escape. What will happen? Has Dr. Bly, the master spider, spun the web too strong to break? Or can the brains and brawn of Superman rise to the dangerous occasion? This is the kind of test the Man of Steel has never before been forced to meet. So join with him as he fights for Lois's life against an unseen, unknown enemy. Don't miss a single episode of this exciting story, because strange things are going to happen. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station for... 
The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellas and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station. By the makers of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC publications. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today it would seem that all odds are against his friend, Lois Lane. Lois Lane's startling, almost twin-like resemblance to Dixie Lamar, member of a notorious confidence ring and accused of murder, has placed the young Daily Planet girl reporter deep in the shadow of the electric chair. A dangerous web of circumstantial evidence has been woven about Lois by Dr. Bly, cunning leader of the confidence ring. And she is now being held in the city jail, charged with the crime Dixie Lamar committed. While the famous Batman combs the amusement park outside Metropolis, where Lois's trouble started, Clark Kent and Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet, are at the city jail. Following an unsatisfactory discussion with Inspector Henderson, chief of police, they have been permitted five minutes alone with Lois in her cell. As they enter, and the barred door clangs shut behind them, Lois, seated on her cot, looks up, dazed and uncertain. Clark! Mr. White! Oh, you poor kid, what have they done to you? They... They keep saying that... that... Oh, Clark! No, no, no. There's nothing to worry about, Lois. Believe me. I'll fight this to the Supreme Court. I'll spend every cent I've got on every cent the planet's got. You see, we're all behind you. One hundred percent. If that horse's neck Henderson thinks he can get away with this, he's crazy. Well, we've only got five minutes, Chief. Don't waste them getting mad at Henderson. I don't have to get. I am. Lois. Yes? We want you to tell us everything that happened tonight from the time you left the Daily Planet office. I, I don't remember everything. All right, then as much as you do remember. Well... Jimmy and Dick and I went to Playland. The amusement park? Yes. Well, who's Dick? I know. He's Dick Grayson. Go on, Lois. We we got into a boat, and uh, uh, there was a dark tunnel, and, and 
skeletons. Well, what's she talking about? The River of Horrors, one of the amusement park concessions. Yes, Lois. And then, then someone grabbed me. I tried to scream, but there was a, a cloth on my mouth. It, it was sweet, terribly sweet. And chloroform. I couldn't move, but I could hear voices. And there were two men. They carried me through a narrow place with a, a low ceiling. Yes. And, uh, and the, then everything went black. That's all you remember? No. There was a house and a man named named Happy. He played a phonograph, a piano. He played a phonograph and the piano? No, the record. It was a piano record. Oh. Where was this house? I don't know, but I could see the lights. Lights? What lights? The lights. The, the lights, the, you the know. The amusement park lights? Yes. Oh. And then another man came. And the first one. Then the phonograph was... Happy? Yes, he called the other one dark. Uh-huh. I tried to get to the window, Clark, but they stopped me. That's all. That... What do you mean, that's all? Well, that's all I remember until they brought me here. Well, how did you get to the Red Devil? The what? Red, Red Devil, Lois. That's where the police picked you up, at the Red Devil Cafe. I, I don't know. Look, is that your dress you're wearing? My dress? Yes, it's red. Red? I don't have any red dresses. Well, what about the mink coat? Mink coat? You were wearing a mink coat when the police arrested you, Lois. Oh, that's funny. I don't see anything funny about it. A mink coat. Oh, that's very funny. Can't tease my back. Lois. Yes? Did you ever hear the name Dixie Lamar? Dixie who? Lamar. L-A, I guess, capital M-A-R-R. I can't remember, Clark. You've got to remember, Lois. Dixie Lamar. That's right. I, I can't. You can't. She's sick. Now, you'd better let me call it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Lois, I want you to pay close attention to what I'm going to tell you because it's important. Do you understand? Yes, I do. Good. Now, to begin with, the police are holding you for murder. Oh, I... Murder? Clark, did you say murder? Yes, they claim you're the Dixie Lamar who shot and killed a federal agent in a hotel lobby. Let me finish. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They found the murder gun in your apartment with your fingerprints on it. They found the key to a safe deposit box containing $60,000 in cash. You know that I have no... And they found some telegrams from a notorious gangster, now dead, addressed to Dixie Lamar. Clark, what are you talking about? These are facts, Lois. At least they were presented to us as facts. Mm, The gangster's name was Ace Scarlatti. You know him? I never heard of him. All right, let's go back a bit. Why did you refuse to tell me where you were going when you left the office early this evening? I did? Yes, you did. You said something very important had happened to you while the chief, Jimmy, and I were up north. But you refused to tell me what it was. Something important. You also said I'd soon learn I wasn't as good a reporter as I thought I was. Did I say that? Well, now, you know you did, Lois. Oh, Kent, will you stop trying to pin her down? Oh, chief, Can't I'm... you see she's not well? Are you totally blind? She's well enough to tell me why. As she left the office, she said, so long, Clark. See you in jail. What? Do you remember that, Lois? No, I... I don't. Well, if she did say it, she was just kidding. Yes, I must have been kidding. I wonder. Huh? What's that? Never mind, never mind. Now, Lois, these two men you mentioned, Happy and... and uh, Doc. Doc, yes, Happy and Doc. Did either of them have white hair and wear dark glasses? No, that was Mr. Hemingway. Oh, who's Mr. Hemingway? He was, uh, he, he was the press agent at the amusement park. That's the bird we were chasing, Batman and I. When was this? Earlier this evening. How did you happen to meet this Mr. Hemingway, Lois? He, he was waiting for me. Where? At the amusement park. Well, did you have an appointment with now, him? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Kent. Who do you think you are? The district attorney? I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this, Chief. Lois's answers are too vague. They'll never stand up in court. Court? court? Oh, who's talking about court? You heard what Inspector Henderson said. They've got an open and shut case. I'll open and shut him. Now, don't you worry, Lois. I'll get the best lawyer in the country. But I haven't done anything. Have I? All right, all right. Let, let's get back to Mr. Hemingway. 
Did you have an appointment to meet him at the amusement park, Lois? I can't remember. Well, how is it you can't remember some things and not others? I don't know. Well, that's no answer. If she doesn't know, she doesn't know. She's got to know in front of a jury. Will you stop talking about courts and juries? And now, look, and Chief, wait a minute, will you? Lois' story doesn't make sense. There's something phony about it. Oh, oh. You think she's guilty. What? You think she murdered Now, don't put guy. words into my mouth. All I said was... Mr. Ken. Oh. Our time up? No, you still got a minute, but a phone call came in for you. For me? Yeah. From the Batman. Oh, yes? He said to get to the River of Horrors at the amusement park as fast as you can. Anything else? Yeah. He said to tell you he thinks he's got the case broken if you hurry. You bet I'll hurry. Let me out of here. Ignoring Lois and Perry White... Clark Kent hurries from the city prison and, under the cover of darkness, assumes his true role of Superman, then wings with the speed of light for the amusement park. What has Batman uncovered? We'll know in a moment, but first, here again is your announcer. Say, gang, over the weekend might be a good time for you to take stock of your collection of insignia and warplane buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep. You know, you ought to check over your collection often and see how you're coming along with this new second series. And if you have any duplicates to exchange them with your friends, uh, see if you can still identify all the uh, squadron insignia, too. You don't want to forget, for example, that the man in the old-fashioned bathing suit diving with a bomb in his hand stands for the Army 306th Bombardment Squadron. Or that the design of the golden bomb on a blue field, surrounded by stars and lightning bolts, is the lucky insignia of Navy Patrol Squadron 23. Or that the clenched red fist with wings belongs to the Army 48th Bombardment Squadron. You see, you want to be able to identify any of these insignias if you should see it on an Air Force man's uniform. And you want to be sure to collect them all, the whole first series and the 22 different buttons in the second series. But remember, there's only one way you can get these key-looking buttons. You don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. You can only get them as prizes in packages of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. So better ask Mom to get you some pep tomorrow. Then look inside for your prize, one of these dramatic-looking insignia or warplane buttons. There's a button in every package of P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. An urgent message from Batman has brought Clark Kent back to the amusement park where the mysterious set of circumstances that have involved Lois in a murder charge first began. In the shadows of the imitation lighthouse rising above the River of Horrors concession, Batman tells Kent what he has discovered. Left, you left, Kent. I scoured the park looking for that bird with the white hair and the dark glasses. Did you locate him? No, but I stumbled on something else. Oh, what? The owner of the River of Horrors. A bird named Joe Hansen is mixed up in this deal. How do you know? I watched him. He evidently knew one of the skeletons along the river had been rigged up to snatch Miss Lane out of the boat. Because less than a half hour ago, he went back through the tunnel with a phony skeleton to fix it again. He did, eh? When he came out, I followed him up into that phony lighthouse. Uh Uh-huh. This bad outfit of mine must have frightened him because he started to spill all he knew. Good work. Now, wait a minute. That's only half of the story. Before he told me anything important, he changed his mind and pulled a gun. What? I had to grapple with him and knock him out. Oh, good. There was no phone there, so I tied him up, gagged him, and went out to call you at the city jail because I was afraid to chance it carrying him out of there alone. He's up there now? Yes. I've been watching it closely. No one's gone in or out. That little door there is the only entrance. Okay, let's go. You lead the way. Anyone around? No, nobody we have to worry about. All right, follow me. There's a short winding staircase and a room at the top of it. I guess Hanson used it as an office. Mm -hmm. I noticed a desk and a typewriter. Okay, here we are. 
Well, you better take another look around. All clear. All right. Here we go. Close the door behind you. Right. Say, where's the light coming from? It's the room at the head of the stairs. I left it on. Oh. Well, be careful here. It's a loose board on one of the steps. I almost broke my neck coming down. I see it. Ken, where do you suggest we take Hanson? I don't know. You think he'll talk? I know he will. He's just the kind of half-baked rat who'll squeal to save his own skin. If he hadn't remembered that gun in his desk drawer, I would have gotten the whole story out of him. Okay, here we are. That's the room. See? He's just where I left him on the floor. Yes. But I don't think he'll talk. Well, what do you mean, Ken? It's a little difficult for a man to talk with a knife in his back. What? Particularly when he's dead. Clark, Kent, and Batman circle the bound and gagged figure on the floor. In the light of a green-shaded desk lamp, they can see the curved bone handle of a hunting knife protruding from between Joe Hansen's shoulder blades. Evidently, someone else suspected Hansen was about to talk. Someone who had a great deal to hide. Now what of Lois Lane accused of murder? How can she possibly establish an alibi? Don't miss next week's exciting episodes when Lois goes on trial for her life. When Superman finds himself unable to break the cunning web woven by the master criminal, Dr. Bly. When finally, in desperation, Superman, Batman, and Robin join hands in a fight to the finish. Be sure to listen Monday, same time, same station. Tune in, same time, same station for The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Fellas and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the makers of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, Dr. Bly and his assistants are reveling in the success of their plot against Lois Lane. When one of his confidence gang, a girl named Dixie Lamar, shot and killed a federal agent, Dr. Bly, the cunning leader of the gang, abducted Lois Lane, who was almost a perfect double for Dixie. Late that night, dressed in Dixie's clothes and in a half-drugged condition, Lois was arrested in a low cafe on the waterfront and identified as the murderess. In her apartment, the police found the murder weapon and a key to a safe deposit box registered in the name of Dixie Lamar and containing $60,000 in cash. All the evidence pointed to Lois. For days, her friends on the Daily Planet, aided by the famous Batman and Robin, turned heaven and earth to find some clue to save the girl reporter, but in vain. Now, as we continue, it is the day on which Lois Lane goes on trial for her life. Dr. Bly, his jitterbug assistant, Happy, and Dixie Lamar are waiting in a shabby tenement apartment. Listen. You know, Doc, I was just thinking. Happy! Turn that off. Are you kidding, Doc? I've got basic beating it out. He's beating my ear, thumbs off. 
Now, stop it. Oh, that counts as solid sender, Doc, and that's what I need now to soothe me knife, see? I'm jumping. He's jumping. I'm the one in the middle, and he's jumping. For the last time, Happy, turn off that yowling phonograph. Okay, okay. That's better. Now, what were you saying, Dixie? I wasn't saying. I was thinking. What if they don't send Lois Lane to the chair? Don't worry, they will. I wish I could be so sure. Great, me too. If they smell wise, she's the wrong dilly, they'll ride the beam to Dixie here, and then where'll I be? And you too, Doc. I tell you, there's nothing to worry about. They can't possibly prove Miss Lane isn't Dixie. You hope. I know. Yeah? Supposing something happens to upset the wagon. How many times must I tell you nothing can happen? Look, Doc. Supposing the law brings in somebody who knows it was you posing as Mr. Hemingway, the press agent, and tells how you got Miss Lane to play landing into the tunnel. Ah, how about that, Doc? Nobody knows about that except you two. And Happy's brother-in-law, Joe Hanson. Suppose the cops bring Joe in and sweat him, and he goes yelling and spills the works. That's impossible. Why is it? Because Joe is quite harmless at the moment. What do you mean, quite harmless? Yeah, give up, Doc. Fortunately, I arranged to have Joe watched. When I learned he'd made an appointment with Batman, Clark Kent, well, I managed to see Joe before they did. They rubbed him out, huh? If you wish to be that vulgar, yes. Boy, now I feel better. Gee, I gotta hand it to you, Doc. You think of everything. Yeah, man, a doc's a real big-time operator. Oh, thank you. So you see, Miss Lane hasn't a chance. She can't explain away the evidence we planted in her apartment. She can't produce Mr. Hemingway, whom she says framed her. <laughs> because there isn't any Mr. Hemingway. And she can't produce the only other person who knows the truth, because that person, Joe Hanson, is dead. And she looks so much like me. Three of the witnesses who saw me shoot that federal cop swore she'd done it. Whee! It's in the bag! Turn on that jive again and I'll cut a caper with you. Boy, I gotta celebrate. Okay, Doc. We'll show you some solid rhythm rocket. All right, all right. But don't lay one dance. That's about dancing is as bad as that so-called music. Sure, just one caper, Doc. Dig that jive. Come on, Dixie, let's cut her up. Yeah, man. Let's get in that old groove. Gleefully, the three conspirators make merry over the plight of Lois Lane, who at this moment in the criminal court is on trial for her life. Deathly pale, Lois is seated at a table with her lawyer, listening to witness after witness brand her as the girl who shot the federal agent in the lobby of the Burton Arms Hotel. In the first row of the tense, crowded courtroom, a few feet behind Lois, sit Perry White, Clark Kent, and Jimmy Olsen. The seventh witness, the girl in charge of the cigar counter at the hotel, has just taken the oath and is stepping into the witness box. Kent, this witness says Lois did it. I, I don't know what I'll do. Well, just don't lose your temper, Chief. The judge has already warned you. Miss Mitchell, and tell me if you see that girl, 
If she says it was Lois... Quiet, Chief. Well, Miss Mitchell, do you see her? Yes, sir. There she is, sitting right at that table. You better shall I. Now you listen to me, Judge. And you, young woman, Chief. stop it. You'll only get thrown out. Order! Yes. Order, I say, I'll have the courtroom clear. Chief, come on, please sit down. You can't help Lois this way. No. Does the attorney for the defense wish to cross-examine the witness? No questions. Go the next witness. Sergeant Fred Haley, take the stand, please. Who's this Flatfoot? Oh, it's Sergeant Haley. I think he's going to testify about what he found in Lois's apartment. Oh, gosh, this is terrible. Can you swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, Dr. Gunn? Hello? Take the stand, please. Mr. Kent, this is awful. If he says... Take it easy, Jim. Take it easy. Your name, please. Sergeant Fred Haley from the Proctor's Police Department. On the night of August 21st, Sergeant, you went to the apartment of Miss Lois Lane? I did. Tell us what you found there. I found a gun. 32 caliber revolver, from which two shots have been fired. I show you this revolver marked Exhibit B. And I ask you if this is the gun you found. That's the one, all right. Now, I wish to call the attention of the court and the jury to the fact that the fingerprints of the defendant, Miss Lane, were found on this weapon. And that it has been proven that two bullets from this gun killed Federal Agent John Stone. Order! Order! get in Lane's apartment. Somebody put it there, of course, to frame Lois. No, she's being crucified and we can't help her. Golly. Where? Proceed, Mr. Prosecutor. What else did you find in Miss Lane's apartment, Sergeant? Well, I found some telegrams addressed to Dixie Lamar from Ace Scarlatti. The Chicago gangster was shot last month. And I found a key to a safety deposit box in the South Street Bank, registered in the name of Dixie Lamar. There was 60000 in cash in the box. Leaning forward tensely... The crowded courtroom hears witness after witness give testimony damaging to Lois Lane. Testimony which draws her closer and closer into the shadow of the electric chair. We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. But first, here again is our good friend. You know, our American Air Forces did some mighty brave and wonderful things during the war. And you'll want to remember those stories about our fighting men. Each one of those dramatic insignia represents an Air Force squadron you've read and heard a lot about. These buttons are so classy looking, too, you're mighty proud to wear them on your shirt or your jacket or cap. Take the insignia of the Marine Bombing Squadron 433, for instance. That's a fierce-looking dragon riding a bomb, aiming a machine gun and a torpedo at the target below. That dragon's mighty ferocious, and he's really spitting fire. Makes a mighty brilliant insignia and a mighty colorful button. Now, gang, here's a tip. I won't be telling you about these exciting insignia and warplane buttons much longer. So you'd better get busy on your collection right away. Make sure you have all 22 buttons in the second series. Just ask Mom to stock up on that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Inside every package, there's a brilliant insignia or warplane button to add to your collection. It's your prize from P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. On trial for her life, Lois Lane has heard the state present a score of witnesses to prove that she led a double life, that behind the front of a respectable newspaper reporter, she is really Dixie Lamar, member of a notorious confidence ring who shot and killed a federal agent. Now the crowded courtroom leans forward. Lois has come to the stand to testify in her own behalf. The prosecuting attorney turns on her like a wild beast. May I ask who framed you, Miss Lamar? Pardon me, Miss Lane. Listen to that nasty. Quiet, Chief. A man named Mr. Hemingway, who said he was the press agent for the Playland Amusement Park. That's right, it must have been him. Quiet, Jim. And who is this Mr. Hemingway, and where is he, Miss Lane? I told you who he is. You said he was 
press agent of Playland. Well, he... But we have produced witnesses who have testified that Mr. Larry Spencer is the press agent of Playland. Mr. Hemingway said that he was the press agent, and he got me to come there so that he could abduct me. I don't know where he is And neither does anyone else, though, Miss Lane. Nobody ever heard of Mr. Hemingway. I did. Young man, if you can't keep quiet, That'll do, Jim. I suggest, Miss Lane, that this so-called Mr. Hemingway is a henchman of yours. That's not true. I suggest that you meant to make a getaway on the night you went to Playland, and that you deliberately arranged an alibi for yourself. That you brought Jim Olson and Dick Grayson with you, permitting them to see your henchman Hemingway, so that they could swear, as they did, that you were abducted by a skeleton in the River of Horrors. That's true. A skeleton did grab her. But unfortunately for you, Miss Lane, you were caught. Before you could disappear with the sixty thousand dollars in your safe deposit box. That isn't true. I wasn't trying to get away. I went to Playland because Mr. Hemingway said that I'd been chosen as the leading reporter in Metropolis, and they wanted me to be the guest of honor that night. So that's it. What, Mr. Kim? But if such was the case, Miss Lane, how does it happen that you did not even mention this great honor to anyone? I, I wanted to surprise my friends. Particularly Clark Kent when he read about it the next morning. Great Scott! You Come see, with me, Chief. You two. Where are you going, Kent? Outside. Well, Come on. But Miss Lane is on the stand. Never mind that, Jim. This is important. Very important. It may mean Lois's life. Puzzled, Perry White and Jimmy Olsen follow Clark Kent from the courtroom as Lois tells her story to a sneering prosecutor and a clearly unbelieving jury. What has Kent thought of while Lois's life hangs in the balance? Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station for... The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the Adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the makers of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, as the girl reporter Lois Lane stands trial for her very life, Clark Kent and his friends seek desperately for some means of proving her innocence. Lois Lane is on trial for her life, charged with having shot a federal agent. As we know, the real murderess is a girl named Dixie Lamar, who bears a striking resemblance to Lois. Taking advantage of this, Dr. Bly, the cunning leader of Dixie's gang, traps Lois at an amusement park, planted the murder weapon and other damaging evidence in her apartment, and then he partially drugged Lois and dressed her in Dixie's clothes and saw to it that she fell into the hands of the police. While witness after witness identified Lois as Dixie Lamar at the trial, Clark Kent sat strangely aloof. Seemingly not altogether convinced of the girl reporter's innocence. But suddenly, when Lois testified as to why she had gone to the amusement park, Kent leaped to his feet and rushed from the courtroom, telling Perry White and Jimmy Olsen to follow him. 
As we continue now, in the corridor outside the courtroom, White is demanding an explanation. What's the idea of dragging us out here, Kent? Yeah, Miss Lane is on the witness stand. I know, Jim, but this is a matter of Lois's life. When she explained why she went to Playland, I realized that she's innocent. Huh? Oh, you did? Yes. I'd only been sure of it before. But, Just a but... minute, Olsen. Kent, are you out of your mind? Not at all, Chief. You see, I... I just... see, all right. Because Lois made a couple of wisecracks before she went to the amusement park that night, you, who haven't any more sense of humor than a cigar store Indian, decided she was a gangster. No, it... Oh, oh come on, Olsen. Come on, let's go back to the trial. No, wait, Chief. No, wait for what? Lois is being persecuted in there. Oh, I don't know what I can do, but maybe I can think of something. Well, you better think of something fast, Mr. White. It looks awful bad for Miss Lane. I thought of something. gentlemen of the jury... Miss Lane, what, what'd you close the door for, Kent? Now step away. I want to go into the court. You've got to listen to me, Chief. But the prosecuting attorney's addressing the jury. Will you get away from that door, Kent? Not until you've listened to me. There's only one way to save Lois. Oh, sure, sure. Convince the jury that the judge and prosecuting attorney are both empty-headed goofs. But I'll do it. I'll hire a new lawyer. I'll hire a whole battery of new lawyers. That won't help, and you know it. It's too late. The case will go to the jury any minute now. Our only hope of saving Lois's life is to produce the real murderess. Lois Lane's double. Huh? Her what? Her double. It's obvious that the real murderess, Dixie Lamar, must be a double for Lois in face and figure. What? Her double? Oh, Wait. Good God, Why that? Well, you must be right, Kent. Dixie Lamar must be a ringer for Lois. All those witnesses who swore they'd seen Lois shoot the federal agent actually saw Dixie. It was Dixie and her gang who kidnapped Lois, then drugged her and dressed her in the same clothes Dixie wore on the night of the murder. And planted the, the gun and the key to Dixie's safe deposit box in Miss Lane's apartment. Correct, Jim. Now, Kent, what... you've really got a hit on you. Now, come on. We'll go in there and tell them the truth. No, no, wait, Miss Chief. Lane come here. Chief. Let go my arm, Kent. Come back Miss here, Lane. will you? Safety deposit box registered in the name of Dixon Lamar. Uh, what's the matter with you, Kent? I've got to tell them. Can you tell them? The truth, of course. Let me in there. They won't believe you, Chief. You know that. We've got to prove yes, it. Yes, yes, of course. Oh, what's the matter with me? This thing has got me so unset. I mean, I'm up-nerved. I... Oh, never mind, never mind. Kent, we've got to find Dixon Lamar at once. I've got an idea. Jim, go into the courtroom and get Robin out here. He's sitting at the rear on the aisle. Robin? Oh, uh, oh that is, I mean, uh, Dick Grayson. Oh, what'd you call him Robin for? Did I? <laughs> Slip of the tongue. He, he's always talking about Batman, you know, and I... Well, I don't know, I suppose I just sort of actually called him Robin. Hurry now, will you, Jim? Okay. Miss Lane says a man named Hemingway lured her to Playland Amusement Park where he ever... Listen to that big mouth. What do you want young Grayson for, Kent? I want him to get in touch with Batman. Batman stands in strong with the police department. Henderson will give him access to his files. But how can Grayson find Batman? Wait a minute. The prosecuting attorney told the jury Dixon Lamar had never been caught before when he was trying to show them how clever Lois was. So there won't be a criminal file on her. But there may be a file under another name. What? It's my hunch that Dixie Lamar is a phony name, Chief. Mm, uh, it does sound phony at that. Uh, oh, you mean... We know that Dixie Lamar looks like Lois. So if we go through the files and find a girl with another name who resembles Lois... We'll have Dixie. Right. Kent, your mind is starting to tick now. Uh, if only I'm right. Well, the defense has been unable to produce this fictitious Mr. Hemsworth. Here's Dick, Mr. Kent. Why? Because there is no such person, ladies Gee, and gentlemen. Gee, it looks awful story. bad for our side. The prosecuting attorney is tearing Miss Lane's story to pieces. Oh. Look, Dick, I want you to contact Batman at once. I think he can help us. Okay, Mr. Kent. Well, what how is Dick going to find Batman? Huh? Oh, oh uh, uh, that's yeah. what I was going to say, Mr. Kent. That's right. How do you expect me to contact Batman? Well, uh, you see, w w when I talked to him yesterday, uh, Dick, he, he, he was still at Playland trying to pick up a clue to Hemingway. He, he's probably still there. Playland closed last night for the season. So what? Batman is probably still looking around there. 
Well, sure, he probably is. I'll try to find him, Mr. Kent. Good. Have him call me at the Daily Planet, Dick. Okay. But what do you want Batman for? Chief, you and I'll shoot back to the office and see if we can dig up Dixie in our clipping morgue. In our clipping morgue? Right. I'll tell Lois's lawyer to try to stall the proceedings as long as he can. Oh, Jim can do that. You run out and find a taxi, Chief. I'll be right with you. Okay. What's going on, Mr. Kent? No time to answer questions, Jim. Just listen and get this. Tell Lois's lawyer that we're on the trail of something and to keep the case from going to the jury just as long as he can. You got that? Well, sure, but... Don't interrupt now. Every second counts. You stay here at the trial, but slip out every 15 minutes or so and phone me at the planet. Right? A check. But I wish you'd tell me where... Get back to the courtroom now and see Lois's lawyer. Okay. And keep your fingers crossed. Rushing from the courthouse as the prosecuting attorney concludes his final summation to the jury with a demand that Lois be found guilty... Kent and Perry White leap into a taxi and speed to the Daily Planet. There, White assigns almost his entire staff to search through the back files of the paper, seeking the picture of a girl who resembles Lois Lane. While in an anteroom, the gray-haired editor and Kent likewise leap through old copies of the planet. No luck yet, Kent. I'm getting dizzy. Well, keep going, Chief. This is our only chance. No, I know. No, Kent, when I think of poor Lois, the finest girl I've ever known, being persecuted for a crime she didn't commit, I... I know, I know, I... Chief, I know. But they haven't convicted her yet, and, well, while there's life, there's hope. I can't stand it, I tell you. What's the matter with Olson? Why doesn't he keep us posted? Well, he called just a few minutes ago. He said Lois's lawyer had made a strong appeal for a delay, saying he'd heard about some possible new evidence, but the judge refused. Oh, Lord. Well, what about Batman? Why don't we hear from him? He's at police headquarters now, going through the files. Said he'd call the moment he found anything. If he finds anything. If. I tell you, I can't stand this uncertainty, Kent. My heart will give out and I will... Oh, the phone, the phone. Maybe maybe that's Olsen or Batman. I've got it. Hello? Oh, oh, yes, Jim. What? Jim, Jim, what's he say? Wait wait a minute, please, Chief. I can't hear. Go on, Jim. Yes? Yes? Oh, yes. What, Kent? What? What? All right, call us as soon as he's finished. Right. Well... Well, that's a good chief. The judge ordered Lois's attorney to quit stalling and deliver his final speech to the jury. Uh-oh. And we're done for. And as soon as the prosecution finishes, the jury goes, okay, no, we're no closer to Dixie Lamar than we were an hour ago. We're not licked yet. Come on, chief. Go through these papers with me. The real Dixie Lamar, or whatever her name is, is alive. And we've got to find her. Frantically, Clark, Kent, and Perry White turn over page after page searching for a picture of the murderess who resembles Lois Lane as the precious moments rush away as if on wings. We'll return in a moment for the dramatic climax of today's episode. But first, let's stand by for a word from our announcer. Gang, I know a lot of you have 10 or 15 or even 20 of those insignia and warplane buttons that come in packages of Kellogg's Pet. But I wonder how many of you have all 22 of the second series, the eight Army Air Squadron insignia, seven Navy insignia, three Marine insignia, and four warplanes. Well, I hope you're well on your way to collecting the whole second series because, and say, here's a little tip, I won't be telling you about these insignia and warplane buttons much longer. And these buttons really are worth collecting. They're made of real, long-lasting metal, enameled in clear white, with the insignia reproduced in brilliant colors. They've got handy pins on the back, too, so that you can wear them on your shirt or your jacket or cap. And here's another reason. You'll want all 22 buttons so that you can learn to identify the different insignia and know what they stand for. Take Marine Fighter Squadron 244, for example. You'll get a great big kick out of that insignia. It's a tiger dressed up like a real tough guy, cap pulled down over one eye, blue sweat jersey, and bright red boxing gloves. Boy, it's a honey. And the best part is, you don't send in any money for these exciting buttons. 
You just make sure Mother gets a package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Inside each package, you'll find a smart-looking insignia or warplane button. It's your prize from P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. As Clark Kent, Perry White, almost the entire Daily Planet staff, and Batman search frantically for a clue to the murderess for whose crime Lois Lane is now on trial, the sensational case is drawing to a close. In the tense, crowded courtroom, Jimmy Olsen sits, knotting his hands in agony, his frightened gaze shifting from the white-faced Lois at her counsel's table to the black-robed judge on the bench, who is solemnly instructing the twelve men and women in the jury box. You have heard the evidence. It is for you now to consider and weigh that evidence carefully. Oh, gosh, I can't stand it. You must decide beyond a reasonable doubt whether the defendant, Lois Lane, did truly masquerade as one Dixie Lamar, and in that identity did shoot to death John Stone federally. She didn't, she didn't. Oh, whether the defendant told the truth when she testified that a web of circumstantial evidence had been woven about her by persons unknown. Oh, of course she told the truth. She was framed. I have interpreted the evidence to the best of my ability. You will remember that the life of a human being is in your hands. And you will weigh all admissible evidence to the best of your ability and in the light of your conscience. The jury will now retire. There they go. And when they come back, when they come back. Yes, Jim, when the jury returns, they will bring with them life or death for Lois Lane. Which will it be? Apparently, our friends have failed in their last-minute attempt to find the real murderess. And so now, Lois's fate rests with 12 strange men and women, a jury of her peers. Tomorrow, the jury brings in its startling verdict. So don't fail to be with us, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station for The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the makers of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in the Superman DC publication. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. 
Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, as the jury weighs the case of Lois Lane, all hope for saving the girl reporter seems lost. To save the skin of a girl named Dixie Lamar, who had shot and killed a federal agent, Dr. Bly, the cunning leader of Dixie's confidence gang, planted the murder weapon and other damaging evidence in the apartment of Lois Lane, who bears a striking, almost twin-like resemblance to the girl gangster. Arrested and brought to trial, Lois heard witness after witness identify her as Dixie Lamar, the murderess. Realizing that Dixie must be a double for Lois, Clark Kent enlisted editor Perry White and the famous Batman in a desperate search for the girl. But as the case went to the jury, they were still unsuccessful. As we continue now, Kent and White have hurried to the courtroom to wait with Lois for the jury to come in with a verdict. Behind them, the crowd of spectators and newspaper reporters buzzed excitedly, their eyes fixed on the closed and locked door of the jury room. Listen. Oh, why don't they come out? What's taking them so long? Why don't they... For heaven's sake, sit down, Chief. Sit down, sit down. How can I sit down with the jury in there weighing Lois's life, deciding whether to... Chief, Mr. White... Let's not talk about it. Oh, Lois, Lois, I I didn't mean to frighten you. The jury's sure to find you not guilty. Right, Kent? Oh, sure, sure. I wish I could believe that. No, there's nothing to it. It's in the bag. What's keeping that confounded jury? Relax, Chief. They're deliberating. What is there to deliberate about? Anyone in his right mind knows Lois was framed. You only have to look at it and know she couldn't be a a gangster or or shoot anyone. The prosecuting attorney doesn't agree with you, Chief. And I don't think the judge does either. A prosecuting attorney. The judge. Bah! I'll pair a nap brain daddle, Pete and funny duddies. I'll teach them a thing or two. I'll conduct a campaign in the planet. I'll run them out of town. I'll have them impeached. Now, be careful, I'll... Chief. Remember, you've already been threatened with contempt of the court. I'll contempt him. Let him try to put me in jail. Just let him try. Why, when I get through with him, i show you're putting on isn't making it any easier for Lois, you know. I'm all right, Clark. I know, no, of course. Of course he's all right. And so am I. As cool as a cubicle. Uh, I mean, a crucible. I, uh, oh, hang it, a cucumber. Where is that jury? They're still out, Mr. White. Oh, now, that's big news. Uh, where have you been, Olson? I was talking to the reporters. They say the longer the jury stays out, the better it is for Miss Lane. Better? Uh huh. See, everybody was sure they'd vote guilty on the first ballot. Oh, but they've been out almost a whole hour now. That means at least one of them doesn't think you're guilty. And if he holds out, it'll be what you call a. A hung jury, and you'll get a new trial. That is what we need, a new trial. Why? I can't tell them any more in another trial than I did in this one. But nobody believed me. I could see they didn't... Steady, Lois. If we get a new trial, it'll give us time to find the real Dixie Lamar. Yes, or Dr. Bly, or that jitterbug gangster you told us about, Lois. Uh, what was his name? Happy. Yes, yes, yes. Well, if I could just get my hands on him, I'd change his name to Weeping Willie. But you haven't been able to find him, or Dr. Bly, or Dixie Lamar, or Mr. Hemingway... 
Oh, it all seems so crazy. Like a... Like a terrible nightmare. Easy now, Lord. Easy, Miss Lane. Don't cry. It's going to be all right. Yes, yes, of course it is. Of course it is. Can't. Why haven't we heard from Batman? He should have found that, that that Dixie devil by now. But evidently he hasn't, Chief, or we'd have heard from him. Then he's another false alarm. No, he's not. Like you and everybody else. Oh, what's keeping that jury? Why don't they come out and say Lois is innocent? This waiting is driving me nuts. Driving you nuts? Well, how about me? I'm not as young as I used to be, and my heart won't stand it. Beating like a trip hammer now. It's sure to stop, and I... I... Look, the jury door's open. Yes. Oh, Clark. Steady, Lois, steady. Well, just one man came out. That's the bailiff. The jury must want the judge's advice on some of the evidence. See, he's going into the judge's chambers. No, no, we've got to wait some more. Where's that fellow Fletcher? What am I paying him a big lawyer's fee for? Doesn't he... Why, why doesn't he do something? Don't blame him, Chief. I'm sure he did all he could. Of course he did. You can't expect miracles. I'm not asking for miracles. All I want is justice. Lois, a murderess. Of all of the... the, the, the... Oh, here you are, Fletcher. Hello, Mr. Fletcher. Well, how's it look? How's it look, huh? Huh? Well, 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 say something. There's no more I can say, Mr. White. It's in the hands of the jury now. All we can do is wait and hope. Wait, wait, wait. What do you think I'm made of, iron? Oh, for Pete's sake, relax, will you, Chief? We're all on the same boat. Relax. That's your trouble, Kent. You relax too much. Oh. If you'd stirred your stumps when this started instead of mooning around thinking Lois was guilty... Now, please, let's not go into that. I again. will go into it. Fancy yourself a great detective. Why couldn't you find witnesses to prove Lois told the truth when she said she was home asleep the night of the murder? Well, how could I? You and Jim and I were in Maine that night. And how could I prove Lois didn't slip out of her apartment and go down the back service stairs as the prosecution implied she did? Well, well, no, I don't know how, Uh but... What's the matter? What's the matter? Bailiff is going back to the jury room. Was that bad? Well, while he was consulting the judge, the jury was delayed, but now they'll get back to work on the verdict. Oh, dear, I... Steady, Lois, I... steady. Now, you've been pretty brave through all this. Oh, I can't stand any more waiting. I, I can't stand it, I tell you. I am a nervous wreck. My heart will give out. In fearful suspense, our friends wait, their eyes moving again and again to the closed jury room door, behind which twelve men and women are deciding Lois's fate. The seconds go by as on leaden feet, each one seeming to question life, or death for Lois Lane. Life or death. Meanwhile, in a room lined with steel filing cabinets at Metropolis Police Headquarters, Batman sits at a table strewn with police photographs and clippings as Robin enters. Inspector Henderson says the jury's still out, Batman, but he's sure they'll convict Miss Lane. Never mind what he thinks, Robin. Until the jury brings in a verdict of guilty, we've got a chance to save her. What chance? Joe Hanson is dead. Dr. Bly and Happy and Hemingway have vanished. And we've been all through these police files, and there isn't any record of a girl named Dixie Lamar. Yes, I know. And we've wired the police chiefs of every big city, and they haven't any record of her either. Well, I'm sure than ever now that Clark Kent's hunch is right, that Dixie Lamar is a phony name. Oh, if we could just find that police file on a girl who looks like Lois Lane, chances are we'd have Dixie. Check, but we haven't been able to. And Mr. Kent and Mr. White went through the back numbers of the Daily Planet for five years. They couldn't find a picture of a girl who looked like Miss Lane either. Well, there must be something. Some angle we haven't thought of. No, I'm listening. Want me to help you pace the floor? Oh, I'm just going to open a window. Get a little fresh air. Might sweep the cobwebs out of my head. Close the window, will you? I don't want to hear news, boy. Oh, wait a minute. What's the matter? Robin, I just thought of something. Is that good? It's plenty good. Come on, Robin, on the double. Followed by Robin, Batman rushes from the file room at police headquarters. 
what suddenly occurred to him. We'll return in a moment to find out. But first, you know, gang, it's really a big moment when you get one of those exciting insignia or warplane buttons from a package of Kellogg's Pet. Because it means you're another step on your way toward getting all 22 buttons in the second series. It might even be the only button you haven't got yet. Or, if it's like one you already have, it means that you can trade with your pals and still add to your collection. And these buttons are downright smart looking. They're made of metal, you know, enameled white with the different insignia showing up clear as anything in full brilliant colors. They really dress up your sweater or jacket or cap when you pin them on. And every single insignia is an accurate reproduction of the very same emblem our Air Force men wear. Like the Army 103rd Observation Squadron, for instance. The golden-colored flying horse prancing against a bright blue background. Or Navy Patrol Squadron 23, the design of the compass with bomb and stars and lightning bolts in the middle. Why, you'll want to collect all 22 buttons in the second series. And uh, just in case you don't know how to get these dramatic-looking buttons, here's how easy it is. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. You can't buy them. You just ask Mom to get plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now, inside each package, you'll find your swell prize, an Air Force insignia or warplane button you'll be mighty proud of. And now, here's a confidential tip. You better hurry, because I won't be telling you about these buttons much longer. Today, be sure to ask your mother to get a package of P-E-P, Pep. Made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Suddenly struck with an idea that might help save the life of Lois Lane, Batman led Robin to the juvenile court near police headquarters. There, after speaking to the chief clerk, he was shown to a room lined with steel files. Now, he and Robin have been examining those files while typewriters tap nearby. That was an inspiration, Batman, going through the juvenile records for a girl who looks like Miss Lane. Only... Well, only what, Robin? Only we haven't found her. I'll keep looking. Chances are that a girl stupid enough to shoot a federal agent in a hotel lobby must have some police record. You can't tell. Everything is wacky in this case. Press agent named Hemingway just just vanishes. Uh, Ditto Dr. Bly. Ditto Dixie Lamar. Ditto my mind and reason. Not your tongue. Let's have less conversation and more action, Robin. Just show me a chance to go into action and you'll make me happy. This not getting anywhere that gets me down. Gee, poor Miss Lane. Wait a minute, Rob. Now what? Look at this card. Here, now tell me what you see. Christopher Columbus, it's Miss Lane. You mean it's a dead ringer for Miss Lane? Yeah, sure. Of course, that's what I mean. What does it say on the card? Let's see. Dorothy Zelinka. Yeah? Convicted of shoplifting, sentenced to Metropolis Reformatory, February 3rd, 1940. Released... August 3rd, 1940. Come on, Robin, let's go. Hold everything. That was five years ago. How are we going to find her now? Well, we might get a lead through the reformatory. It's right near here. A lead isn't enough. We've got to get the girl before that jury brings in its verdict. They'll do that any minute well, That now. means we've got to work fast. Come on, fellow. We're underway at last. Dorothy Zelinka, released from the reformatory five years ago. Is Dorothy Zelinka Dixie Lamar... And if so, will Batman and Robin be able to find her? Only minutes remain. So don't fail to hear tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, when Batman and Robin go into action against terrific odds. Tune in, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellas and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the makers of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC publications. Behold my Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, Batman and Robin have discovered a clue they hope will lead them to the real Dixie Lamar. Because Lois Lane is an almost perfect double for a girl known as Dixie Lamar, wanted for murder, Dr. Bly, the leader of Dixie's confidence gang, planted evidence in Lois' apartment, which made it appear that she was Dixie. Arrested and brought to trial, Lois is now waiting for the jury to bring in its verdict, which almost everyone believes will send the innocent girl reporter to the electric chair. Guessing the truth, Clark Kent asked Batman to help him find the real murderess. With Robin, his young companion, Batman was searching old juvenile court records when he came across the photograph of a girl named Dorothy Zelenka, who bore a striking resemblance to Lois. Believing that Dorothy Zelenka might be Dixie Lamar, Batman and Robin hurried to the reformatory, where we join them now in the office of Mrs. Taylor, the matron. Listen. You say you remember this girl, Mrs. Taylor? Yes, quite well. She served a term here several years ago. Her name at that time was Dorothy Zelenka. We think she's Dixie Lamar now. I beg your pardon? Dixie... No time to go into that now, Robin. Could you possibly tell us where Dorothy Zelenka can be reached, Mrs. Taylor? Oh, I'm afraid I can. Uh-oh. It's been five years since we released her. She reported to the parole officer for a year following her release, but then we lost contact with her. Well, don't you have any address for her? Only the one she gave when she was arrested. Well, may you have it, please, Mrs. Taylor? Hmm, I'll get the file. It's right here. Well, thank you. We haven't time for any Sherlock Holmes stuff now, Batman. Jury will be bringing in its verdict any minute. Oh, we know they've already brought it in. Well, keep your fingers crossed and your shirt on. Oh, are you kidding? When I think of poor Miss Lane and Jim Olsen and Mr. Kent sweating it out... Here we are. Dorothy Zelenka, 229 West Street. West Street? That's in the tenement district. That's right. Let's get going, Robin. I'm practically there. Well, thanks a lot, Mrs. Taylor. Make that for two. Oh, you're very welcome, but I doubt if the address will help you. Our welfare workers reported that Dorothy never went back there. Well, at least I... What's that? <laughs> hey, you have got the jitters, Robin. Those are just the noon whistles. Oh, come on. Goodbye, Mr. Taylor. Goodbye. Bye. 
Hurrying from the reformatory, Batman and Robin leap into their Batmobile and drive a short distance to a shabby tenement district near the river, stopping before 229 West Street, a dingy five-story building with rusty fire escapes sagging below broken windows. They swiftly assume their garb of Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson and climb five flights of uncarpeted stairs to an ill-smelling, dimly-lit hallway. Lovely odors, eh, what? Aren't you glad you're not hungry? Never mind the gags. Now, let's see. 6A on this side. 6B over here. Okay, here's hoping. You're hoping for a bell, there isn't any. Well, hands were invented before bells. Go on, I'll rap on the door. Check. Wouldn't it be nice if Dixie alias Dorothy opened the door herself? Now, you still believe in Santa Claus, don't you? I can dream, can't I? Quiet. Somebody's coming. Yeah, what you want? Well, pardon me, madam, but What we... you want? I'm sorry to trouble you, but we're looking for a young lady who used to live here. Nobody lives here but me. Oh, I understand, but this young lady used to live here, and it's very important that we get in touch with her. Her name is Dorothy Zelinka. Dorothy? You want Dorothy? Yes, we'd like... know her? What do you want with Dorothy? She... Hold it, Dick. Why, it's a matter of great importance, Miss, uh, Mrs... I'm sorry I didn't get your name. What do you want Dorothy for? You cops, no? No, we're not. No, of course we're not. We... Well, we're friends of a mutual friend, you might say. You sure might. I know, understand. I don't know where Dorothy is. Don't know, don't care. Maybe she be dead, maybe not. Don't matter. It matters a lot to someone we know. Dick, uh... Look here, Mrs. Uh... My name be Zelinka. Zelinka? I no hurt nobody. No get in trouble. Are you Dorothy Zelinka's mother? Yeah, but Dorothy no good. Go to reform school, all they trouble. Where is she now, Mrs. Zelinka? I don't know. She no come back from reform school. Maybe better that day. Haven't you any idea where she is? No, I don't know, and I don't care. You go look for her. Maybe you find her, maybe not. Goodbye. Oh, just a minute, we'll... Well, that's that. Not by a long shot. Quick. Off of the clothes. That may be a little job here for Batman and Robin. Huh? Come on. Come on. Come on, Robin. Strip down to your costume. Okay. But would you mind elucidating? What's the matter with your ears today? Didn't you hear that hot music when the door opened? So what? Mrs. Z must have fallen asleep with the radio on. Or maybe she likes Boogie Woogie. Maybe. But then who turned it off? Off? Right. And while she was talking to us. And she said that... She said she was all alone. Hey, maybe we've got something here. Something or somebody. I also caught a glimpse of a couple of suitcases, two very fancy pigskin jobs in the room next to the hall. Better and better. What would Mrs. Z be doing with pigskin suitcases? Uh, you can have the first guess. <sighs> Ready? Ready. What do we do, bang on the door again and swarm ashore when it opens? And maybe walk into a load of artillery. Don't be silly. Follow me. And don't sound like the Marine. I'm a mouse. What's our objective? A door down the line there. There are two apartments to a floor, so that must be the back door to Mrs. Zelenka's dirty little nest. Boy, oh boy, if only Dorothy Zelenka alias Dixie Lamar is in that nest. Well, we'll find out. Hold it. I don't hear anything. Neither do I. Well, I'll just... Looking for what? somebody, boys? A guy with a gun. Look out, Batman. I see him. Hey, Doc, get a load of this. No! Yeah, Get them, boys. I got you first, Joe. Nice work, Robin. I've got to Oh, here come a dozen gorillas, and they've all got guns. We need reinforcements. This way. Hey, you're running way downstairs. There's clay pigeons on the stairs, Robin. Up that ladder to the roof. Come on, hurry. Up and open that trap door better be open. Oh, that's the music of flying legs. Come on, get that trap door open. I'm trying to. Here, swing over. I'll open it. There. 
Slam this trap door shut, Robin. Right. There we go. There. Now, let's get going. What's the matter, Batman? Why did you get up? I've got a bullet in my leg. Oh, oh. Here come our friends. Now, what do we do? Dismayed, young Robin looks down at the wounded Batman sprawled across the trap door above Dr. Bly and his gunmen. We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. But first... Say, if you've got a big brother or a friend of the Air Force... He'd probably tell you that he's mighty glad you're collecting those swell insignia and warplane buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep. Because those fellows want everybody to know what those insignia look like and what they mean. And to remember the grand job the Air Forces did for us in the war. And you know, you can be proud to wear those buttons on your shirt or jacket or cap. They're real long-lasting metal, you know, enameled white, with the insignia reproduced in brilliant clear colors. Inside each package, you'll find your thrilling insignia or warplane button. So today, ask Mother to get P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Heavily outnumbered by Dr. Bly and his gang, Batman and Robin rushed up the ladder to the tenement roof. On the way, Batman was shot in the leg, and he now sprawls across the trapdoor beneath which Dr. Bly's men are gathered. Robin, leave me here. Leave and you go. here? Are you crazy? You've got to. Get you to Mars, Robin. You've got to get help. We'll both get help. Come on, I'll help you. No, now listen to me. I can't move my right leg. But I can hold off Bly's gang while you get to the courtroom. Tell them that we found Dixie and send help. Don't get off the trapdoor, huh? Come on, get away from the trap door. They're going to shoot through it. Okay. Go ahead, blaze away, chums. But the first man who comes up here gets it. Yeah, that'll hold him. Go on, get going, Robin. I can't leave you, Batman. You can't stand off the whole gang. Only one man can come through that trap door at a time. It's a bottleneck. Then they'll get up here some other way. Listen. No, you listen to me and don't argue. You've got to get to the courtroom. Tell Kent we found Dixie Lamar. You've got to. Look, there's a rain spot goes down the side of the building there, into the court. You can get down that way. Go on, Robin. Hurry. Hurry. Okay, I'll be back with the Marines. Good luck. Same to you. Undecided, Robin looks back once more at Batman, then leaps to the rain spout and slides swiftly down, hand over hand. At the bottom, in the small courtway hemmed in by four brick walls, the youngster in mask and cape drops to the ground, turns about, and... <laughs> what? Well, well, well. Fancy meeting you here, Robin. Just... Just... Put up your hands, please. Dr. Bly. <laughs> Very bright of you and Batman to face us here. Very bright indeed. Isn't it too bad that you have to die now before you could save Miss Lane from the electric chair? <laughs> His mind racing furiously, Robin faces the gun in Dr. Bly's hand and the evil gleam in the man's cold, mocking eyes and sees no way out for himself, for the wounded Batman on the roof, or for Lois Lane who, at this very moment in the tense, crowded courtroom, seated beside Clark, Perry White, and Jimmy Olsen, gasps as she watches the door of the jury room open and sees the twelve solemn-faced men and women file toward their box. Fearfully, Lois grasps Kent's hand. Dimly hears him say, Steady, Lois. Steady. Only one glance at the twelve solemn faces of the jury is needed to guess their verdict. Even Clark Kent, who is Superman, pales. Now everything depends on Robin and Batman. What will happen to them? Don't miss tomorrow's smashing climax of our story, fellows and girls. Tune in same time, same station, 
and thrill to The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow The Adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the makers of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today we shall learn whether or not Robin can outwit the cunning Dr. Bly and reach the Man of Steel before it is too late to save Lois Lane. Lois Lane is on trial for her life, accused of murder while leading a double life as a gangster girl named Dixie Lamar. Reasoning that Dr. Bly, the leader of a confidence gang, had planted the murder weapon and other damaging evidence in Lois's apartment because Lois bore a striking resemblance to the real Dixie Lamar, Clark Kent enlisted the aid of Batman and Robin. As the jury was weighing Lois's fate, Batman and Robin traced the real Dixie to a metropolis tenement house where they encountered Dr. Bly and a dozen members of his gang. Escaping to the roof, Batman was shot in the leg and insisted that Robin leave him and carry the news to Kent. Sliding down a rain spot on the side of the building, the youngster in mask and cape landed in a small courtyard hemmed in by four walls where he found Dr. Bly waiting with a gun. <laughs> Dr. Bly? Yes, indeed, in person. Very clever of you and Batman to trace Dixie Lamont to this tenement. <laughs> what a pity that neither of you will be able to use what you have learned to save Lois Lane's life. Now, wait a minute. You I'm can't afraid I away. can't spare a minute, Robin. A men are climbing the fire escape to the roof to take care of Batman. Once I dispose of you, I shall have to leave rather quickly. That's what you think. So goodbye, Rob. Uh, how'd you like that flying tackle, Doctor? Sorry I can't stick around a place more. But that open window beckons so long. Come right here. You can't get away. Whoa, that shot started my hair. Now, let me get out of this basement. Oh, wrong turn. There's the door ahead. I've got you, Robin. That was close, chum, but close only counts in horseshoes. Only this door isn't locked. It's unlocked. See luck I could kiss you. Christopher Columbus, another courtyard. But no basement windows in this one. Oh, I'll have to go up that fire escape. Come on, feet. The doctor will be with us shortly. Uh-oh, here he comes. I've got to make that roof. I've got you now, Robin. Close again, doctor. Phew. That was a narrow speed. Six feet to the next roof. Now, well, let's make like a bird, Robin. One, two, go. You can't get away, you young fool. Put that in writing. I'll have my secretary attend to it. Uh-oh. That next roof is a story higher than this one. Come on, rope. Last on that chimney. We've got places to go. Yeah, I've got you. Ah, up the rope we go. You'll repeat yourself, Dr. Bly. Hey, yo, please, Robin. I'm almost there. Missed again, pal. I won't miss this time. Oh, Christopher, he nicked my knee. Oh, it hurts like blazing. Gotta keep moving, though. That man said carry the mail to Mr. Kent. That's what I gotta do. 
Way over there, I can see the flagpole on the courthouse. I wonder if Dr. Bly thinks he got me. He's certain to come up and make sure. Oh, can I make the jump to the next roof? I have to. Come on. Limping, his cape torn and his hands bleeding, Robin twists and runs and leaps from roof to roof, pursued by Dr. Bly. Meanwhile, in the courtroom where Lois Lane is on trial for her life, the jury has reached a verdict and returned to their box. In the front of the court, supported by Clark Kent and Perry White, Lois has risen to her feet, her face chalk white. John Fletcher, her attorney, stands nearby. Jimmy Olsen, unable to bear the strain, has retired to a seat. Minutes pass, and the crowd of spectators lean forward tensely, waiting for the judge to return to the bench from his chambers. I can tell by their faces, Clark. They, they've decided that I'm guilty. Well, maybe not, Lois. Oh, they have. I'm sure of it. I can Take just... Take it easy, Lois. Take it easy. Hope for the best. Oh. Here comes the judge now. Oh, dear. The bailiff strikes the gavel for order. And the spectators quiet to a hush as the dignified black-robed judge emerges at last from his chambers and mounts the bench. Clark. Steady, Lois. The tension is electric. The great crowd hardly dares to breathe as the judge faces the standing jurors and addresses their foreman, thick, gray-haired man wearing glasses. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. What is the verdict? We, the jury, find the defendant, Lois Lane, alias Dixie Lamar. Wait! Hold everything! said Dixie Lamar was at 229 West Street. And Batman's in trouble. This is a job for Superman. There we are. All set. Up with this window. Out! And away! Leaping from the courthouse, red cape streaming, Superman streaks over the very roofs young Robin crossed on his wild flight from Dr. Bly. In a matter of seconds, the Man of Steel is above the tenement district, searching out 229 West Street. And the roof on which the wounded Batman, crouched behind the chimney, is tearing bricks from the chimney and heaving them at the half-dozen men who approach him across the roof, their guns blazing. There he is. Down to that roof. Down! Okay, Batman. You can relax now. You and Robin did a swell job. I'll just mop up for you. Well, Superman. Why, all that's holy. Okay. So, you boys are Dr. Bly's little playmates, huh? Well, here's my calling card, mister. And here's one for you. And you. Don't go away, redhead. I've got a ticket for you, too. Here you are. And here's one for you, my husky friend. Now, just two of you left, eh? Now, let's try the old one-two punch again, like this. I think that takes care of the lot. You're not kidding, Superman. When you smack them, they stay smacked. You didn't come a minute too soon. I I was running out of bricks. That's all? How's your leg? Oh, just a little lead in it, that's all. Uh-oh. Oh, but look. I saw Dixie Lamar run out here a moment ago. What? Which way did she go? Straight up the street. Here. You can see her from here. I want a judge and jury to see her. Can you watch these gorillas until the police get here? Oh, that won't be hard. They look like they'll be asleep a long while. Okay, then I'll be seeing you. Thanks a million, Batman. Up and away! <laughs> Streaking off the roof, Superman spots Dixie Lamar running up the street carrying a suitcase. Like an avenging eagle, the man of steel swoops down, 
snatches the murderess who had plotted to have the innocent Lois Lane pay for her crime, and bare moments later, carries her into the courtroom and sets her down beside Lois. A gasp rises from the crowd as Superman steps up to the bench. Judge, I'd like you to meet Dixie Lamar. Godfrey, she looks exactly like Lois. Why, why, she does. That, that, that guy flies. He flies, I tell you. Had a boy, Superman. Good heavens, speak up, young woman. Are you Dixie Lamar? Who, me? No, no, I... Well, I'll take another ride in the sky, Dixie. No, no, stay away from me. All right, then tell the truth and fast. Her real name is Dorothy Zolink. She shot the FBI man. Is that right, young woman? No, no. All I... right, Dixie, or Dorothy, or whatever your name is, we'll take another ride. No, no, don't touch me. Sorry. Okay, okay. Okay, I... I did it. I killed him. I, I'm Dixie Lamar. What? You hear that, Miss Lane? She's Dixie Lamar. Lamar. You're free, Lois. You're free. Oh, Jubilantly, Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, employees of the Daily Planet, and spectators crowd around Lois, congratulating her on her complete vindication as Superman and Robin slip from the courtroom. But unknown to any of them, the high spirits they are in are doomed to be short-lived. Within a few hours, the most stupendous thing that has ever happened to Superman is going to break. We'll be back in a moment to learn what it is. But first, let's hear from our good friend. Say, gang, you know what I think is one of the best-looking insignia buttons in the second series put out by Kellogg's Pep? I think it's the insignia of Navy Torpedo Squadron 3. I sure do like the looks of that fiery red dragon riding a black torpedo. Boy, that button is really keen-looking. Of course... Maybe you've got a different favorite, but you still want to collect the whole second series, all 22 buttons. And they're easy to get, too. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. You just ask your mother to get a package or two of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. There's a dramatic-looking insignia or warplane button in every package. And it's an exclusive prize for you from P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And say, gang, here's the tip. If you'll ask Mother to get you a couple of packages of Pep over the weekend and save the Pep box stops, on Monday, I'll have news for you about something mighty swell you can use them for. Get in on the fun, the big news, when you listen to Superman next Monday. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Perry White and Clark Kent are seated in the editor's office some hours following the dismissal of the murder charge against Lois Lane. The latest edition of the Daily Planet has just come up from the press room, and Perry White is gloating over it. Ah, uh, not bad, Kent. Not bad at all. We didn't get an exclusive story, of course, but every newspaper in the city had five men in that courtroom. But what we have got is a byline story by Lois herself. Oh, will this sell the papers? <laughs> Here, take a look at it. Okay, thanks. How it feels to be charged with murder by Lois Lane. <laughs> Who wrote that head? I did. Who do you think? <laughs> What's the matter with it? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all, Chief. Now, well, let's see. Any other news on the front page? <gasps> well, Kent. Kent, what's the matter? No. Kent. Kent, what is it? Why, you're white as a sheet. Kent. What's the matter, Kent? What is it? Slumped in his chair, oh. with the color draining from his cheeks, Clark Kent stares at the front page of the newspaper as though he were looking at a ghost. And well he should, for what he has seen may mean the end of Superman. Fellows and girls, no matter what happens, don't miss Monday's super exciting episode. At last, Superman has met his match, something that may wipe him out forever. We can't tell you what it is now, but be sure to listen Monday and tell all your friends to listen as Superman begins his fight not for the lives of others, but for his own life. Nothing like this has ever happened before. So tune in Monday for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. 
more powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellas and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the makers of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today we begin a brand new adventure for the Man of Steel. An adventure that is to test all his great and unusual powers to the utmost. A strange and dramatic scene is taking place in the private office of Editor Perry White at the Daily Planet. Clark Kent, his face ashen gray, and his hands clutching the arms of his chair, is staring at the late afternoon edition of the paper on White's desk. The editor, alarmed, has risen and is about to go to Kent's assistance when the door opens and Lois Lane enters. Clark, I want to ask you if you... Good heavens, what's the matter? Get some water, Lois. No, 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 I'm all right. What happened? Don't stand there asking questions. Get some water. I hear you. You don't have to scream at me. Please, Chief, I'm okay. Now, Kent, you be quiet. Don't try to talk yet. What happened, Chief? I don't know. We were sitting here talking when... I'm all right now. There's nothing the matter with me. There certainly is something the matter with you. You're as pale as a ghost. I don't want anyone in here. It's Beanie with the water. Here, Clark, drink this. I'm really all right now. Well, drink it anyway. Water never hurt anyone. Here, go ahead. Yeah. Don't get up. I'll take the glass. Oh, I'm all right. Leave it on the desk. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, can't you just sit back and relax? Now, do as I say. All right, all right. Sorry I caused all this trouble. Will I... someone please tell me what happened? Well, it was nothing, Lois, really. It must have been something, because when I walked in here, your face was the color of, of the chief's hair. Oh, what's the matter with the color of my hair? Nothing the matter with it, but it's gray. When you're as old as I am, yours will be gray, too. I don't doubt that for a moment. Now, what happened? You started to tell me, Chief. It was nothing, Lois. Believe me. You keep quiet. Go ahead, Chief. Oh, thanks. Good grief. Isn't it possible to carry on a normal conversation around here without sarcasm or screaming or jumping down people's throats? I'm asking a simple question. What happened in here that made Clark look like a ghost? If you'd only stop talking long enough for another person to get a word in edgewise, maybe you'd find out. There's nothing to find out. You keep out of this. I'm waiting, Mr. White. You too. Me too, what? You too. Oh, never mind, never mind. I... I'd better tell you what happened before you drive me crazy. Now, we were sitting here talking. I don't remember what about. That's unimportant. When someone came up from the press room with a copy of the early afternoon edition of the paper. Who? What's the difference? Who? A guy from the press room, a guy named Joe. All right, all right. Golly. He put the paper on my desk. Here, here it is. We went right on talking. I got a phone call, and while I was on the wire, Kent leaned over and glanced at the front page of the paper. Next thing I knew, he looked like he was going to die right in my chair. Now, wait a minute. That's a slight exaggeration, Chief. You certainly looked that way when I came in. Well, maybe I'm tired. Maybe I need a vacation. Right now, i got some work to do in my office. You come back here and sit down. Let him go, Chief. Darn fool. Well, uh, Lois, I, 
I'm worried about him. Maybe he Wait does need... Wait a minute need... now. Let's see what's on the front page of the paper that might have shocked him. I can't imagine any news story having that effect on him. Mr. MacArthur warns Japs against sabotage. President asks for tax reductions. Coal strike pending. Noted meteorologist dies. Five rescued from fire. That's all except for the weather report. Mm, maybe it wasn't anything in the paper. Clark has been acting strange lately, Chief. As though he were hiding something. Mm, what's he got to hide? It might be anything. You know as well as I do, Chief, that Clark isn't really a normal person. There's something peculiar about him. What do you mean, peculiar? Well, it's, it's hard to put into words. But ever since I've known Clark, I've had the feeling that, that he's leading a double life. That he's keeping something undercover. Ah, you and your double life. Well, I have. Ever since that trial, you've had double life on the brain. He's as honest as the day oh, is long. Oh, he's honest enough, but... Good heavens. Now what? I think I know what shocked him. Something on the front page of the paper? Yes, this item right here. Noted meteorologist dies. Dr. John Whistler, head of the Department of Meteorology at the Metropolis Museum, died at the city hospital this morning following a brief illness. Mm, I know, but uh, why should that upset him so? Now listen, you remember about a year ago a strange meteor fell in a field outside the city? Mm, faintly, yes. Well, Clark covered that story. The meteor was turned over to this uh, Dr. Whistler, and, and Clark interviewed him at the museum. I remember now that there was something peculiar about the meteor. The details are a little hazy now, but... Well, let's call Ken in and ask him no, about it. No, no, wait a minute. Let me think. Let's see. Uh, kryptonite. That's what it was. What are you talking the about? The meteor. Dr. Whistler called it kryptonite. It was a piece of the planet kryptonite. Stop giving me double talk. I... What's all this got to do with Ken keeling over? I don't know, but there must be some connection. Oh, well, I'll get him in here. Yes, Mr. White. Oh, Miss Backrack, tell Clark Kent I want to see him. He's gone for the day, Mr. White. Where'd he go? I think he said he was going home. Oh, all right. Now, now what do you make of that? First he says he's got work to do, and then he goes home. If you want the truth, I'm worried. I think I'll stop off at his apartment and have a talk with him. Yeah, well, I'll go along with you. Good. Should we leave now? Well, we might as well. I'll get my hat and coat, and I'll meet you at the elevator, Chief. Concerned and puzzled about Clark Kent's condition... Lois and Perry White decide to visit him at his apartment. What will they learn? We'll return in a moment to find out. But first, say, here's more of that exciting news. It's about the swell offer Kellogg's Pep has for you. Kellogg's Pep has a smart-looking, streamlined, real sundial wristwatch for you. One that you can wear on your wrist wherever you are to tell you the hour of the day by the sun. And in a minute, I'm going to tell you how you can get it. It's the modern 1945 version of an instrument that's been part of man's life since the days of ancient Egypt. It's about the size of the usual wristwatch, and it's made from gleaming aluminum with a strap that holds it flat on your wrist. To use it, you lift the pointer and aim it due north. The sun's rays will make the shadow of the pointer fall on the dial, showing the hour of the day. Boy, what fun you can have playing cops and robbers and meeting when the shadow falls at three. Now, here's how you get this grand Kellogg's Pep offer. Ask Mom to get a good supply of Kellogg's Pep at the store. Then, send two box tops marked top from the Pep packages, along with ten cents in cash and your name and address clearly printed, to Superman, Box 157, Battle Creek, Michigan. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Alone in his apartment... Clark Kent, obviously troubled, is pacing back and forth across the living room floor. At intervals, he stops short and stands with shoulders hunched, lost for a moment in deep thought. And through it all, another voice, the voice of his conscience, perhaps, keeps talking to him. You've got to do something about it. You've got to. What can I do? That piece of kryptonite. You remember what effect it had on you? Yes, yes, of course I remember. 
robbed me of all my strength. It, it made me weak. That's right. And what good is Superman without strength? That kryptonite must be destroyed. But how can I get near enough to it to destroy it? I told you, it, it robs me of all my strength. You've got to get someone to help you. Where is it? It's in Dr. Whistler's private vault at the museum. He sealed it up at my request. But now he's dead. They'll open that vault, and they won't know the power of that piece of kryptonite. They won't know that it makes Superman a weakling. Why do you speak of Superman as though he were someone else? It's you we're talking about. You are Superman. It will make you a weakling. Must you remind me of it? Why do you think I almost keeled over in Perry White's office? I knew the danger the moment I saw that item in the paper that Dr. Whistler had died. Maybe they won't open the vault. Has that ever occurred to you? Yes, but it's not likely. I'm in constant danger unless that piece of kryptonite is destroyed. Why, I have enemies all over the world. Clever enemies. What if it fell into their hands? There's only one answer. You'll have to tell someone. You'll have to get someone to help you. But how can I reveal my identity? That's a secret I've guarded for years. What's that? Someone's at the door. Good Lord. Lois and Perry White. This is your chance. Tell them the story. Get them to help you. Oh, no. No, I, I, I can't. You've got to. Go ahead. Uh, uh ju just a moment. I'm coming. Oh, well, hello. What brings you two here? We just thought we'd stop by to see how you were. Uh, may we come in? Well, sure, of course. Oh, I'm fine now. <laughs> feel like a million dollars. Now, look, Kendall, let's not beat around the bush. There's something wrong with you. You're not yourself. Oh, well, what do you mean, Chief? Lois has the idea you're hiding something. Hiding something? Clark, do you know anything about a piece of kryptonite? What? Hey, Ken, what's the matter? Uh, no, nothing. You see, I was right, Chief. There is a connection. What? What are you talking about, Lois? We want the truth, Kent, straight from the shoulder. You're in trouble, and we know it. We're ready to help you if you'll tell us what's wrong. But believe me, that's... Be sensible. When you read about Dr. Whistler's death in the chief's office, you almost fainted. Oh, no, you're the just... The same thing happened just a moment ago when I mentioned the piece of kryptonite. Well... There must be some connection. All right. There is some connection. Well, sit down, Kent, and tell us all about it. Remember that we're your friends. We'll move heaven and earth to help you if we can. Well... It's a long story, and part of it's going to amaze you, but I suppose I'll have to tell it. Go ahead, Clark. Anxiously, Lois Lane and Perry White lean forward in their chairs as Clark Kent draws a deep breath and begins his story. What is he going to tell them? Is he finally, after years of guarding the secret, going to reveal his double identity? Reveal that Clark Kent and Superman are one and the same person? This is a tense moment, a moment for which many of us have been waiting. So be sure to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellas and girls, be sure to follow The Adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the makers of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. 
Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!